Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Natalie Harpin. Well, this week is technically spring break, and I know that the spring break week, or if you have, if you're lucky enough to have two weeks, it can vary, right? But usually it's mid to late March. So this is my spring break. So I actually didn't want to talk about anything specifically related to history. I sort of wanted to say Happy New Year for those of us who are spring inclined. I think of spring as sort of like the new year because I think it's weird to welcome in the new year in winter. I I don't know if any of you think that that's also weird, but I've always thought it was kind of weird to welcome in a new year during the dead of things. However, you know, Happy New Year to those of us who were more spring inclined. That being said, some of my goals for myself professionally is really just to continue the podcast. I really appreciate those of you who listen, especially if you listen every week. I really, really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And I want to continue doing the podcast and talking about things that are historical and also um, just, you know, talking about what I love, which is history. That's what I love to do. So it's not a chore at all. (laughs) It's just, um, you know, it's just me. So I want to continue doing that. And I also want to learn a little bit more tech savvy stuff just to reach a wider range of audience. Because, you know, I have, and in my classes, I have and I have learned over the last six, seven years of teaching that you need to be inclusive of all learning styles. And so I'm trying to find ways to incorporate new technology to get historical content out there. That way, people who are more visually inclined or technology inclined can easily access the material. And it's kind of nice because it's short snippets, right? So it sort of can be a nice tool to quickly and concisely like get the objective across and then the student can go into the more traditional module mode through Canvas to do the extra work. I've said it before, even if not this same way, but there's definitely a war on history and historical memory and people who are fighting against things that they don't even understand <laughs> and projecting their insecurities and fears about it rather than trying to learn from it. And we've noticed that over the last two, two, two and a half years, I guess, no, two years, that it's been going on through the pandemic. So that's why I think it's even more important to find new ways to create historical content for those of us who have studied history because that's not the same thing as just reading something. So there's a whole process to it. But for those of us who have studied history and who know and remember living through some of these times, even if you didn't study history like academically, it's still very important for these people to share that lived experience, to correct people you know, when they're wrong about something that happened, or you know, fact check people in our daily lives. For example, I have a friend And she said, oh, well, the minimum wage has gone up every year. And I was like, girl, like it most certainly has not. And I sent her a screenshot from the government statistics on the government website for the state of California. So, I mean, even small things like that, like it didn't turn into an argument or a fight, obviously, because there's no need for it to. But just the fact is that 
material does matter. Facts do matter. And making sure that people have accessibility to those facts is very important. So off of the history train, since this is spring break, I also wanted to lightly mention that something I've been thinking about is actually music and not like obviously not getting involved. I'm not going to dabble in that at all. But I've been thinking about streaming and about how little artists are paid for their streams. And I think that the range that they can be paid for streams is like 0.001 to 0.009 cents per stream. And I know for some of you listening who, you know, you may be, I guess, Gen Z, right, after the millennials. So you may be thinking, oh, you know, millennials are old. You know, yeah, that case can be made. (laughs) But what I'll say about my generation is that we bought music and we st- a lot of us still do. So for example, when someone comes out with an album and you like the artists, it's nothing to just drop the $10 and buy the album or the $15, even if it's digitally, to support the artist. And I know that we don't physically have CDs in the same way, right? Like a lot of cars don't even come with CD players anymore. So it seems like streaming is the way to go for listening to things. But, you know, I just think that that's complete highway robbery. And when you consider the fact that you have so many people who come from marginalized backgrounds who make such prolific, such touching, such amazing musical content, no matter what genre they're making it in, and they're not being paid fairly for those, for that art, right? Like, the world needs that art and relies on that art. And I'm not even getting into the racial aspect because, you know, I could. And I guess I will for a second, right? You think about black artists and historically not having the avenues to own your music or having the avenues to produce your music or even buy the masters to your music. And there are a lot of people who are guilty for keeping their artists from doing that, which is why I don't like P. Diddy or Brother Love or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days. But he's a crook, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) To say allegedly. He's allegedly a crook because he allegedly doesn't make a way for his former artists to make money on their music. He's making money on it. He's not allowing them or giving them equity, but he's always like complaining about, rightfully so, racial matters. I mean, because obviously I also agree with overwhelming majority of them, but I just feel like how can you complain about something that's happening to you as a as part of like a racial group, but then you perpetuate that same crap as a businessman? So anyway, back to streaming. So the fact that artists get paid so little for their streams is terrible. And, you know, I remember when I was in middle school, like going to a friend's house and listening to the CD you know, on the floor of their room or on their bed and just listening to the lyrics and trying to memorize them and waiting by the radio so you could record it on your cassette tape or even being in high school. Like I remember with my friend in Casey, who I've had on the podcast before, we took what two buses to the Chula Vista mall. No, we went, yeah, to Chula Vista mall to get Jay-Z's black album, like in 2004, 2003, 2004. So, I mean, I remember going to the stores to buy CDs. And I think that's something that the current generation doesn't really 
doesn't really do as much, which is why you have so many artists who were able to make so much more money in the previous generation, but aren't able to make the same amount, the same amount of money now, unless for some reason their music is heavily played, you know, especially if it's going to go viral as part of like a meme or part of a TikTok video or something like that. So like I said, millennials, you know, you can write us off as being old fashioned about a lot of things, but are the artists who came out during our time are a lot farther along monetarily. And that's something that I think is going to continue to be a, a, a big issue for young artists, especially when they don't have command of their publishing, of their masters, and are paid so little from streaming services. And I remember when I was looking at some of the things that the artist India Ari was talking about, She's a great artist, by the way. But some of the things she was talking about as related to people boycotting Spotify because of the things that Joe Rogan had said, I thought it was really interesting that she was talking, I believe she was talking about having her streams removed, right? Having her music removed from the platform. And some artists did choose to have their music removed from Spotify and I was thinking initially, I was like, well, okay, but might that cut into their money? But then I was like, well, maybe it won't cut into their money. Because if they remove it from the streaming, it would force people who want to listen to it to go out and physically buy their music or buy their album. And completely aside, I know that it's hard to do that because this person is often problematic, at least, you know, especially in the last 10 years. But... Kanye West, when he was, I guess he created his own, he created his own player so that you could only listen to his new album. I don't even know if it dropped, but you can only listen to his new album on his player. And I think it was $200. And so people were upset about that because they're like, you know, how dare you charge $200 to, for us to be able to listen to your music, your new music, but people still bought it, right? And the people who have money for those things are going to buy it. And even people who may have to budget around or, you know, shift their monthly budget around are still going to buy it. And they did buy it. And I was thinking, you know, as, as problematic as that is at the front, it's actually really smart because that means that he has command of the music. He's not getting paid 0.00 whatever cents per stream for the people who want to stream it on Spotify. And I don't know about him, but especially for artists who don't have as much money, don't have as much power in the industry, I would imagine that they don't have much choice over whether or not their music is streamed on certain platforms. We know that, you know, people make singles and don't release albums, right? And there may or may not be public opinion about that. Or some artists, people are still demanding music from. And there's like, they're not going to. I always think it's funny that people want Rihanna to make a new album and it's like, why sh- Why would she? Like, you don't make, you barely make any money now making music. And a lot of it's because people who may enjoy artists don't necessarily buy their albums when they come out. So it cuts into the money that the artist is making because most of the money goes to the streaming platform. So that is just something I was thinking about. And also, I know it recently came out that the United States government is getting involved with cryptocurrency. And so I've been thinking about, you know, just digital platforms for things. 
like in the case of crypto, it's digital currency that's not regulated by any federal entity that guarantees the money. There are people who can just make up their own cryptocurrency, right? And it has this value, but it's not guaranteed at all. And with streaming services, how you have the music, but most of the money doesn't go to the artist. It goes to the streaming platforms and how even maybe taking your music off, if you have the ability to take it off of a streaming platform, is actually in your best interest. And honestly, as a college professor, I can say that it's something that is important even with the material that we make. I'm wondering in the next few years if there's going to be more conversation around intellectual property, especially when it comes to the content. And especially as ed tech companies are going to be, they're already out there, but they're going to become more prevalent, I think, with people trying to opt from their children, learning things, specific things, especially related to history in public schools. I think you're going to have a lot more ed tech companies come out, educational technology, probably a lot more schools that are offering an education that maybe could be considered dual enrolled because we're already doing that now at a high school that you get both high school and college credit for. And you have a lot of people who are educators who are leaving the field that are great at what they do, but coupled with the pandemic and the uncertainties in school districts surrounding how they're going to implement the safe, everyone's public safety, you also have instructors who, of course, are being asked to move things online, and they're not from the generation where those things are easily accessible for them. So how do you make it still easily accessible for them to be able to do their job but also meet the students where they are. And of course, this is something that's going to come up again in the next five or 10 years, and especially in the next 20 years with education. By the time I'm thinking about retiring from instructing, it's still, I think it's just going to continue because we're completely, we have much more of a digital world. And as instructors move to ed tech companies, I hope that they pay attention and make sure that they are keeping their intellectual property for the materials they create. And even non-related to history, I was thinking about how this relates to how we engage with sports now on our media outlets and our streaming services. And actually, you know, some of you have heard my husband on the podcast before, and we've talked about football both times that he's been on. And I was complaining to him, which, you know, (laughs) um, I was complaining to him about how when I remember football before, you would just turn on the television and watch it on cable. And I was upset because he was telling me that he wanted to watch a game, but our network didn't get the game. And so my question was, why, are, why is there a tiered system to watching certain football games in certain regions? If you're already paying for the streaming or if you're already paying for the cable, why can't you just watch all of them? Or why aren't they all just on television, especially because the NFL is a not a quote unquote nonprofit organization? So I've just been thinking, I guess the overall theme is just I've been thinking about accessibility and moving more toward a digital space and making sure that people who are creating art and creating content are able to be fairly recognized and compensated for that so that they are encouraged to keep doing it. So that's where I'm going to leave you off for the day. Um, Like I said, it's spring break, so I just wanted to keep it real short. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Happy spring break.